Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. We have a Sunday night, Monday morning crew reunion tonight as Derek joins the show. He joins John, Luke, and myself. I'm Pat, even though it says that I'm also John on the screen if you're watching us here on YouTube. Uh, and we're going to talk all the things that we talk on Sunday nights and Monday mornings. Little Red Sox, Little Yankees. We have some interesting injury updates, um, talking about the weekend series, checking in on some players, and then looking at the season ahead. But first, I have uh, to start, as I always do, with our first pitch, checking in on these guys and seeing what they're up to. Luke, I will start with you. Give me your first pitch. I'm doing good. I had a, a very Texas weekend. I am beginning my foray into being a Texas lawn guy. It's if anybody's seen King of the Hill before, uh, you know, a Texas man's lawn is his pride and joy. It's his, in my case, my, uh, his third child. Uh, so I spent this weekend um, really, I decided uh, when the winter time was ending, you know, my backyard looks like crap and my front yard has a couple big dead spots in it so i decided that this year i'm gonna be you know just like hank hill i'm gonna i'm gonna make it my business to make my lawn as good as it can possibly look so this weekend i this weekend i mowed it this weekend i edged it i did all that saturday that that's basically what i would do every two weeks uh up until this year um but today i fertilized for the first time ever i fertilized my lawn it was a it was a little tense because I was a little afraid of burning because if you use too much fertilizer, you could burn the lawn. I've seen, I've heard uh, nightmare tales and I've been researching lawn care this winter. I've seen pictures online of people with, that have left lines, like, like almost like they look like the lines um, in the outfield on a major league stadium uh, right after they've mowed it. Uh, only these are lines that are just embedded in the grass just the color got warped because it was not it was over fertilized and it was fertilized at the wrong time when it was hot outside so anyway um took my first big foray into being a texas lawn guy uh so repping the uh lone star state proud john are you in this uh constant state of worry about your lawn as well down in texas so when Luke references King of the Hill, King of the Hill is not a comedy sitcom. King of the Hill is a comedy documentary. Like, they nail Texas. And what Luke's saying about lawns, lawns are taken very, very seriously down here. Um, when I first moved down here, yes, I was on top of my lawn every weekend, weed eating, like, nonstop, you know, just trying to keep my lawn as nice as my neighbor's lawn. Uh since then, we've had a bit of a drought, so my lawn is dead. It's nothing but weeds right now. So I haven't, this year, I really haven't done as much as I usually do. I'm sure I'm being judged for it. Guaranteed, people are like, that Yankee, he, he's not taking care of his lawn the way he should be. <laughs> and uh, I also backed over my weed eater. I put it behind my car so I wouldn't forget to put it in the back of my car when I was leaving my in-laws after weed eating their house. And I did forget about it and backed over it. So I don't have a weed eater right now. So around my trees, my edges, it looks horrible. Luke was at my house not that long ago. He could probably confirm that as well. Um, so that's one. Two, Pat, please change that name. It, you do not deserve the name John Marines. It should say Luke Coven. 
Luke <laughs> is perfectly fine. You are another Luke Tobin. That's fine. John Moransky, if you want to have that name, then you have to be on the Yankee side for this podcast. Um, but all in all, other than that, speak, um, speaking John Moransky, uh, I had a great weekend. My We baptized my son. My daughter made her first communion. So my parents were in town. Unfortunately, Luke and Kate and his family weren't able to make it today. Um, or at least I don't know, Luke. I don't even know if you know that or if Kate just answered for you. But or the text messages went on between our wives. But my dad was like, oh, is Luke coming today? Where's Luke? How's Luke doing? So um, just want to say, Luke, my dad says hi and um, agrees with Joey that you're the merchant of lies. And lastly, I guess we'll just touch on it really quick. I'm sure me and Derek are going to talk about it a lot over the next couple of days. NFL draft seems like it went pretty well for the Giants. We won't know for sure until these guys hit the field. But all in all, it seems like the Giants made some really solid picks. So great weekend for me. I did know about the party this weekend. We decided we opted to go to um, to uh, your oldest daughter, Cecilia's uh, birthday party next weekend. John's about an hour away. So with softball and with other plans, my buddy's uh, birthday uh, was this weekend. So we decided instead of making two trips in two consecutive weekends, we'll go to the we'll go to the birthday party next weekend. And uh, we will be much. we will be missing a softball game, uh, one of Charlie's softball games for it. So we are we are very we are very committed to it. And by the way, my daughter got her first multi-hit game in softball. So between that and me becoming a lawn dude, top of the world this weekend. Derek, I've heard that you're gonna be a little preoccupied, at least for the beginning of tonight's recording. Yeah, the Bruins are playing just under two minutes left. Um, they're up three. Panthers right just now. pulled the goalie. Um, yeah, they just pulled the goalie. I'm a little, a little nervous. Um, Thursday night was a nightmare for me. I'm watching the NFL draft. I'm about to get ready to record the, for the Red Sox podcast and then our Red Sox podcast. I get get ready. I'm about to go on, and 15 minutes before we're about to record, power goes out, and it was out for oh my god, uh, it was out for four hours. It didn't come back on until 1.45 in the morning. And maybe I'm doing my math wrong. Maybe it was more than that. Maybe like, I don't, I think it's actually, no, five hours, I think, actually. Um, and so, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was terrible. Um, but no power issues now. I'm doing good. I went over to my mom's, to my mom and her boyfriend's house, and I, they put me to work. I had to remove popcorn ceiling which i've never done before so i'm becoming a house construction person now i guess um oh, that's the word i've heard that is what did you do worst. to piss them off <laughs> oh, i don't know no my mom is like my mom my, my mom complained she's like you all you do in your room and all you do is record and watch sports i'm getting you out of your room i'm like oh come on <laughs> so so she's like yeah you're do i'm putting you to work and we get to remove popcorn ceiling so here you go i'm like Oh, that's nice. Thank you very much. So, but I still got to watch the NFL draft. Patriots did well. Um, and I was telling John and I were talking about it uh, the one, when the first round was happening. Like, I, I, I like the Giants draft pick who they took. I like the Patriots. I was, I was actually, I, I might have done an actual backflip. You know, in the cartoons, when someone's so happy they do a backflip in a cartoon, that was me Thursday night when the Patriots, after the Patriots draft pick. Okay. So I had a good night. Besides the power going out, I was still able to watch the draft on my phone somehow. Um, so, yeah. But besides that, it's been a pretty – and doing ceilings, it's been a pretty solid weekend for me. 
Derek, I, I envisioned you less doing a backflip in a cartoon and more like being a cartoon wolf when he sees a pretty lady and he goes like, "Auga," <laughs> you know, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah, exactly. Popping out. Humana, humana. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Me and Pat rocked it. So, uh, yeah, not solo, it but with just the two of us, it was better than anything Felger and Maz or uh, Mike and the Mad Dog have ever <laughs> put together in their lives. So we, you know, we represented regardless. I've been uh, using my first pitch slot recently just to plug my column that comes out the next day because I have like the Monday morning spot on the website. And oh no, guys, what happened? <laughs> Florida just tied the game. Oh! <laughs> With 59 seconds left. Oh my God. All right. Well, as these guys don't listen to me at all and you at home listen to me because you already know how this uh, game ends because it's Monday morning. Um, I'm putting on another quiz tomorrow, another baseball quiz. Those are always fun and apparently incredibly difficult. Um, I think the highest score we've ever gotten is like a 55. So uh, good luck on that quiz tomorrow on bleacherbrawls.com. I had something else planned. It wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. So uh, everybody gets a quiz tomorrow morning. Um, Derek's going to give himself partial credit for every one <laughs> that he gets wrong. I think one time Derek got a 62 and a third on a, on a quiz. And maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, and then uh, let's just jump into it, guys. Uh, I think the best place to start is we've got some injury news. One, definitely more important than the other in terms of how the team stands right now. Uh, the first, John, I, I'm sorry, but I just have to start with you on this one. Aaron Judge, uh, not hitting the IL. They're going to make a decision tomorrow, maybe hitting the IL. Um, give us the skinny and give us your thoughts. Well, I mean, it's a disaster. Let's, there's no way around it. Aaron Judge spending any time on the IL is going to be a disaster because you don't have Stanton to pick up the slack in the time being. It's a problem. And it's rough, too, because we're in limbo. You mentioned it. I don't know if he's going on the IL or not. Uh, I know he has a hip strain because he had an MRI, but really they haven't given us any information at all. Like that's what the Yankees do when it comes to injuries a lot of times. And it's been tough. It was a rough weekend. You dropped three out of four to Texas. They are in first place in a good team, but still it was a rough road trip. It's been Aaron judges out. Um, you know, there's a lot of doom and gloom right now. And I, in Yankee land, it, it's not looking good. Uh, said if we lose Aaron Judge man I don't see how we come back from that scores started the season hot but cooled off Stanton's hurt LeMahieu I still don't know if he's back or not I don't really know what to get out of him Harrison Bader's coming back who's a good role player but like he's not going to carry this team and there's no one on the there's no one in this lineup that can carry the team which is the problem you need Aaron Judge to be healthy and if he goes down for especially for an extended period of time, shoot, 10 games with the way the Rays are playing, a 10-game IL stint is bad. And if he goes down for anything longer than that, like you're just going to start putting yourself in a hole I don't think you can dig yourself out of. And this is their own fault because they decided to run back a team that got swept in the ALCS last year. Uh, you knew that was team a team – you knew this team was not good enough to compete – with Houston going into the season. Now it looks like there might even be some teams that could potentially be better than Houston. You knew, I don't know what they were thinking going into the season, constructing their team the way they did. And then even the guy you bring in, hoping 
to catch, you know, lightning in a bottle, Jake Bowers. Uh, the kids was tearing it up in AAA. I guess he was a former top prospect that kind of didn't live up to potential, but now is looking, oh, well, maybe this kid can play. The Yankees promote him and he immediately gets hurt as well. So the injury bug is a real thing this year. Uh, not with players we like, well, well, not with Aaron Hicks anyway. I shouldn't complain too much because Donaldson went down thanks to me. Um, but all in all, man, I this is going to be – if Aaron Judge is hurt, I've said it multiple times already, it's going to be a rough season for the Yankees. Go ahead, Luke. I, I see it in your eyes. Just say it. <laughs> Go ahead, well, Luke. You said, you, said, you said exactly what I had in mind, that you and every, every Yankee fan – last year freely admitted that that Aaron judge was essentially the entire offense that, that Aaron judge carried the Yankees into the playoffs and that without him, I mean, without Stanton kind of, that, that was kind of bound to happen for some period of time. Anyway, Stanton always gets hurt. Uh, That's, you know, he was relatively healthy last year. I don't know if he had any IL since last year, but uh, He did. he did okay. Of course he did. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to go whole year without a IL stint, but that just not having Judge is definitely a nightmare scenario for the Yankees. So it makes me giddy uh, to hear just hear about the possibility he might be back in a couple of days. It's a hip impingement, if I believe, but I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pat or Derek but I think it was a hip impingement that put Garrett Whitlock on the injured list last year. And that ended up leading to season ending hip surgery for him. Well, hip impingement was a little bit like that was a, Oh, he might hip impingement. And then they went on and diagnosed it later as a something more serious. But I think for the Yankees, like it's not just the Aaron judge injury, right? It's the Stan Bader Donaldson. And then you look at the pitching side of things, Rodon Montas Severino, all those add up, and you can say, I know Yankees fans will say, oh, Montas doesn't, whatever, who cares? It's still a guy, right? It's better than nothing. It's better, it's better to have a guy healthy than injured at the very least, right? And you start looking, and even if you look at their bullpen injuries too, Efros, Canley, Lysaga, Tremino, like, those are all guys who are injured, and you start looking at their team, and I want to say, oh, the pitching's going to step up. Their bullpen's really good, but you look in the rotation, Derek Cole's been amazing, Clark Schmidt, can be up and down. Johnny Brito's look good against teams that haven't been the Minnesota Twins, so at least there's that. Um, you take out a start against the Twins, he's been solid. Nestor Cortez, you gotta hope he kind of gets in a stretch where he had where and like a needs a stretch where he was in the form that he was in last year to come back this year. And then Domingo Herman, Yankees need him to step up too. Um, because it's with Aaron Judge out, the offense isn't gonna go out and score 10 runs, most likely. Most likely they're not. So it's going to be a very reliant on the pitching staff, especially the starters, because if the starters are only going, the Red Sox are seeing the starters only can go three, four innings in a game. You're going to overwork your bullpen, and then your bullpen's going to start to struggle a little bit. The Yankees bullpen has been really good so far. I think their only guy with the ERA over three on the active roster right now is Clay Holmes. The bullpen's been very good. It's just they're going to need the starting pitching to really kind of help carry them if Judge does go on the injured list. So and if here. say if the the starting the starting rotation works out like the pitching goes best case scenario is the offense say judge is out for let's call it 20 days if this, the pitching staff goes best case scenario and does really well is the offense even good enough 
to to keep them in with the pe- bodies they have right now is there is the the offense good enough to keep them winning enough games so that they don't fall out of it there have been years where i've thought this because you know we've this isn't we've lost aaron judge for long stretches of time before we've lost at the same time we've lost garrett cole Arby garrett cole john carlos stanton for long stretches at a time uh and there's that time where we had guys like greg allen starting for us who turned out to be a pretty decent player i think the yankees have gotten kind of fortunate in previous years when these things happen you do get guys that step up and if they can do that fantastic but you can't you have to stop relying on that and i feel like the yankees front office at this point that's what they're doing is just relying that oh we're gonna figure it out like we'll get someone that'll come in and step it up and one of these years that's not gonna happen so that leads me to two questions for Derek. Question number one is, are there any out, I'll ask both questions and you can answer. One is, are there any big outfield bats that are going to be available like to trade within the next couple of weeks? Like if Stan's going to be missing time, a, a lot of time it looks like Judge might be missing time, Yankees are going to need an outfield bat. So one, are there going to be any available? And if not, my second question to that would be, like, who are so, like, do the Yankees have a good opportunity to get a top 10 draft pick? Like, is this going to be a year where there's a stack draft? Because that's what it's looking oh, like Oh, right God. Now. <laughs> oh, God. No, I, I don't think it's time for the Yankees to give up. I'll get in, we'll get into that a little bit later on because I have some points about the Red Sox and Yankees. But um, for the Yankees, I think that I don't. there's not no, – no one's really going to trade now. It's like the time of year when no trades happen. I mean, Miguel Sano isn't signed to a team. I mean, maybe flyer on him, chuck him at DH and hope and pray, right? I mean, uh, this guy I mean, with what could Miguel the Yankees Sano. Lose? <laughs> this guy I mean, with he's, Miguel he's Sano. I mean, was he the best? He's probably the best option available uh, in free agents. No, one, I mean, he's not signed to an MLB team. Maybe. He's a first baseman, isn't he? Doesn't he play first DH base? Him. The Yankees could use a DH right about now. I'm trading I mean, for Luke Voigt back in. Let's get Luke Voigt back and put him in right field. Like, just put on that muscle again, like, your big chest. Like, that was when you were actually good. Like, be built like a football player, play right field, and just hit us some home runs. That's the solution. You know, there's a guy There's a guy that has been tinkering with playing a number of different positions uh, in the Red Sox organization right now. He's a right-handed bat. He's hit. He hit 25 home runs one year, I think. I think he could step in admirably. For Aaron Judge, he he's been a first baseman uh, most of his big league career, but he started as a third baseman. He's even dabbled at shortstop a little bit. Um, I think I think we could work something. I think then Pat would actually become a Yankees fan. Yeah, I'll change my name back from Derek McGuire to do, John Moran. Do I need do I need to go and like bring up the photos that I edited? <laughs> Dahlbeck and Judge. Oh God. <laughs> I was going to say to your question, John, I was going to say maybe Tyler O'Neill because, you know, he's there have, have a bad relationship right now. But then I thought, I don't know if another Cardinals outfielder two seasons in a row, I don't know if they're going to make that move. Yeah. I Luis, mean, Luis I Robert's going to need a job pretty oh, soon. God. <laughs> God. They're not going to trade him. If the Yankees are desperate, I'm sure they can find somebody that'll trade with them, but they might have to pay a steeper price than they'd like. That's their, It'd be like that's a triple A put themselves most likely. It's most likely would be like a triple A guy, maybe like a guy who's on the back end of someone's 40 man. And it's like a for a player to be named later or cash consideration, something like that. 
that's probably the only thing that's really available right now. Um, or maybe you get lucky and a guy has no options and a team doesn't have room for them on their big league roster and they need to send them down. So maybe trade, I mean, maybe the Royals will trade to Jackie Bradley jr. There's that maybe he gets on one of his hot streaks. <laughs> I'm telling you, Bobby Dahl is probably the best option. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the Red Sox side, uh, Garrett Whitlock hits the IL. Uh, Luke and I were just saying on our, uh, dual show on Thursday night. Well, it looks like the rotation's getting set. We know who the five guys are going to be. Bayo's down, but it'll only be down for 15 days. And then, blah, blah. and then, like the next day, Whitlock to the IL, Bayo's back. He's starting on Saturday. And um, Whitlock is often on the IL, it seems like. Um, Luke, I'll go to you first on this one uh, to amend your thoughts on the Thursday night show. Uh, I mean, clearly, yeah, it's not looking like it looked like it was trending there. He had one, you know, he had one good start. He had one bad start. Then he had one okay start, I think. And then, or maybe he only had two starts, uh, but it just, it just doesn't, uh, it just doesn't stop with Garrett Whitlock. The injuries don't stop. And he, he's obviously a talented guy, was a great reliever. I, I felt like his his four pitch mix was good enough to translate as a good starting pitcher. I just he's he might I'm afraid it's that he's just too he's just soft. And I don't mean that as an insult. I don't mean that in a mental state. I mean, God, the guy was a light, lights out closer for half a season. Uh, he's not mentally soft, but to be to be a, a major league starting pitcher, you need to have you need to put your body through all kinds of hell. At least your your throwing arm. You got to put it through all kinds of hell. If you ever watch a slow motion video of an a pitching arm, a major league pitching arm throwing a ball and looking at all of the things that happens to an arm when you throw a ball over ninety five miles an hour, it it's I mean bodies aren't built to last under that kind of strain and he he might just be one of those guys just like all of us whose body just can't handle that kind of pressure and i'm sorry to see it um i said my first thought when i saw he was going on the il was i'm done i'm done with him i said the same thing when rob gronkowski went on the injured list for like the eighth time uh and missed a season like i'm done i'm out on him i'm just i'm out on gronk and I feel like I'm close to being out on Whitlock too. There's only so you can only play with my emotions for so, for so long, you know, you can only get me excited about what you can do and about having you as a linchpin of the team for the next few years. You can only get my hopes up and then send them crashing down so many times before I'm just, you just end up being dead to me. I mean, through no fault of your own, you know, nothing against the guy, his body just can't handle handle it but you know this is supposed to be a short IL stint but last year with the hip and and now it's this with I don't even remember what it's called the tendon tightness or whatever it's, it's called, right ulnar. elbow ulnar it's right elbow ulnar neuritis yeah god bless you but whatever it's essentially it inflammation ha- and irritation to the to a nerve in the elbow right so it's like oh yeah you're gonna just recover from that and then just pitch tw- 20 starts and be fine like highly unlikely so i was thrilled to see bayo come up there and against 
not the greatest offense, but the Guardians are a good team. And Bayo pitched a really good game. He had, I, I wish he went out for the sixth uh, with, you know, he had some, he had a, a five to one lead. I would have liked to have seen him because I would have just liked to see him get a quality start because he could take that. He could, you know, that, that'd be a feather in his cap. I got a win. I got a quality start. Of course, he didn't get the win. The team got the win, but uh, that was a whole nother problem with our two mop-up guys that we have uh, in the, in the bullpen. But it was just, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about Bayo hoping he's healthy, but like, like John is going through with the Yankees, just injury after injury, after injury. It's just, why are they doing this to us? I don't understand. Uh, Derek, uh, Garrett Luck is on contract through 2028. So I yep. would imagine you're not giving up on him in 2023 no. like Luke is. Uh, so give me your thoughts. I mean, I'm starting to get a little worried about him as a starter. And I don't think it's necessarily like a starter workload thing. I think it's more of a, in terms of like, not that he can't be a starter. I just feel like maybe it's a thing of like, hey, like, yeah, maybe he can be a starter, but with how good he is in the pen and how he was able to stay healthy and stay fresh in the pen, maybe that's a thing to look at. it. Like, I do think he could be a starter, but I think there's less risk for him in the bullpen. And I think it all kind of comes down to risk. Do you want him starting or in the pen? He's already a guy who's he's guys already had Tommy John surgery once. This is the same diagnosis that Jeffrey Springs had, and he's getting Tommy John surgery, I think, tomorrow, actually. So it's a little bit worrying. Maybe even if it's not Tommy John, even if it's surgery where it's like a four-month injury, that takes him out to, what, September? And then maybe he gets up late in the year as a reliever. He's not going to be able to build up as a starter. It's... And maybe it is only a couple week thing, right? And he comes back after a couple weeks, isn't is okay? Maybe that maybe that does happen. Uh, but the Red Sox also could really use a reliever, right? And you're looking at the bullpen. Ryan Brazier's still there. I mean, I know I know that Brendan Bernardino also has two options, so maybe he goes before Brazier too, which is like annoying, but it does kind of make sense in terms of keeping guys on the forty man. Um, but eventually, Brazier's going to go. Joely Rodriguez is going to be healthy at some point he's going to start a rehab start a rehab stint James Paxson's becoming healthy he had a really good start in Worcester today um so it's they're starting to get healthy but there's only so much room for guys and especially in the rotation you already have five with Sale Kluber Sale Kluber Hauk Pavetta and Bayo and now you're going to potentially add James Paxson and then where's Whitlock gonna go if you're a little bit concerned for his health and I mean the only other guy moving to the pen maybe it's like Hauk or Pavetta but Pavetta's shown you can stay healthy at the very least. And Hauk has probably been their most consistent starter this year. Are you really going to move him to the bullpen? I don't know. Uh, it's a lot of decisions to be made. It's a little worrying, his injury. But I, I think Red Sox, they're just going to have to figure it out when it happens. It's not a terrible problem to have. have to, having too much depth isn't a bad problem to have, honestly. Exactly. And that's a, that's why I see, like, all right, you got – you got too many starters. You got to fill, figure out who to put in the bullpen, who to send out. Like, great. You know, that's the, the first world problems uh, to a T is, uh, you know, you always have, even if Paxton doesn't work out, Whitlock stays hurt. You know, you got Cutter Crawford, you got Josh Winkowski, who I think are better bullpen guys than starting pitchers. Cause I think they're guys who can do great in the bullpen, but 
if they're the scheduled starting pitcher teams, you know, have all morning and afternoon to study film on them, then they could get exposed a lot easier than the guys that are in the starting rotation now. But um, I just think you can't, I think you got to look at Whitlock almost like you look at James Paxton right now, like great. If it works out and he gets healthy and can stay healthy and contribute, but I, I just look at him as a bonus right now. I can't depend on him. It's too painful. Yeah, it, it was definitely a big weekend for the Whitlock should be in the bullpen people. I think for a number of reasons, those people are dumb, uh, partially because they've made it very clear that that's never going to happen. And they give him a big fat contract through 2028 and you don't give contracts like that to middle relievers. Um, they, you know, you give them to starters, but I do think you have, uh, I think you're taking a little far Luke, but I do think there is, there's some truth behind what you're saying in you need starters that you can count on every five days and to your point, Derek, you know, Pavetta, you know, he's, he's a mixed bag, but he's there every five days. Hauk has been dependable. Whitlock, for just various reasons, hasn't been. And so maybe he is just a bonus. Maybe when he's there, it's, he's great. It's nice to have him. But you can't count him as one of the five guys, and you need five guys. Um, and so you kind of just have – where does he land at that point? Um, it's tough. I doubt, you know, I doubt if he does – if he is out for a while that he's going to end up – in the bullpen i just feel like there's it's kind of right now like a lose lose he wasn't even really pitching that great to begin with uh obviously a little rusty but it's just like a, it's a really sticky situation um something garrett cole knows a lot about oh, oh, oh low blow there low blow and i to any Yankees fans listening, I started to respond sooner to that, but I was on mute. So, yeah, that was a low blow. <laughs> sticky stuff, too. Would you like to uh, weigh in on former Yankee Garrett Whitlock? Yeah, Cashman's an idiot for letting him go to you guys in the Rule 5 draft. I don't. I think he's a better reliever than starter. I'd have him in the bullpen, but I did not realize the Red Sox gave him the contract you're talking about, Pat. So, if they did that, they plan on him being a starter. I'd love him in the Yankees bullpen right now. And it's just another reason why I should be the one running the Yankees instead of that idiot, Brian Cash. And while I'm at it, I was talking about this with my dad today. Like, Cashman's a moron. I, I don't kill Aaron Boone, but the Yankees would be much better off with Joe Girardi. And I think this Yankees team would have won a World Series with Joe Girardi instead of Aaron Boone at some point within the last few years since Girardi – got it was shown the door and i know that has nothing to do with the red sox but it's on my mind right now i mean i yeah, i will say that with the whitlock contract it is like it's like a thing where it's like it's i think the base is like what six years 40 million but it can go up to 90 million depending on like innings pitched and performance or whatever so it's not necessarily a set starters contract um because if he stays in the bullpen becomes a high leverage reliever for the red sox that six years, $40 million you're looking at it and go, maybe it's a tad bit high, but are you really going to complain about it? No. It's also, you're the Red Sox. If you can't afford to pay a high-leverage reliever, you know, what, six, it's what, average $8 million a year? I think that's what it was. Like, come on, really? Also, the Yankees lost uh, Trevor Steffen in, as, in a, the Rule 5 draft as well. That too. That same, I think it was the same year, I think, too, to the Guardians. <laughs> Yeah, Cashman racking up those W's. 
He's Although they did give us Caleb Ort in the minor league role five draft in 2021, so I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, that. yeah, thanks. Never mind. <laughs> Returning the favor. God, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I know this is not this is entirely off track, but we, we keep addressing the elephant in the room. Brazier has got to go. I mean, this he's not is he's not even gonna be the next guy. Ridiculous. That's what's annoying. Ridiculous. It is outrageous. The guy is cheeks. He's terrible. He was good for two weeks in 2021, and he was perfect in those two weeks. He was the guy, right? And I don't know if he's still riding that wave in the front office or what, but he has been horrible ever since. And games like Bayo start the other day, we should win that. We should win that easily. That, sh- that should be game over from that point on. But who comes in but Ryan Brazier just to blow it? It is unbelievable that this guy gets paid real money, real dollars and cents to be a professional baseball pitcher because he is no good at it. And I am tired of seeing him. It is old. That's my right. Those, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm doing my Ryan Brazier. In, in the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why Broken he's Brazier. If, if he can get his head straight, literally, then he can. Then yeah, no wonder why a little he can't more command control his pitches. He's literally looking crooked. Yeah, <laughs> that guy drives. It's nuts. I, it, I gotta. I can't imagine. Like, sure, he's cheap. Why wouldn't he be cheap? He should be free. <laughs> he's garbage. But I, I can't I can think Im- of guys cheaper than him, though. That's the problem. <laughs> I can't imagine how he is. But why would you not have Brian Matta? Or um, Brandon Walter, or somebody There's even else. other options though. Not even those what? guys. There's other options in the system that are relievers. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my well, head. AJ Politi was a rule five draft pick by the Orioles. Orioles didn't put him on their on their big league roster. Comes back, it's been lights out in Worcester so far out of the bullpen. He's yeah. been their closer this year. He's so been he lights keep- out. He came into that game and I was what Blyer gave up a home run, whatever. It's six to two now, but uh, we're talking about the sat- Saturday's game. Uh, people, the Red Sox were up six to one, ended up blowing that lead and had to win in extra innings, eight, seven, but Blyer gave up a home run to make it six to like, okay, we'll get him out of there to get a righty in there. And then I see it's Brazier coming in and it's like, what, what the hell? Like, why isn't Winkowski in coming in now? Um, I, I know you don't want to throw his arm out having him pitch multiple innings every every day, but you know Chris Martin was coming back a day later anyway. So just one last time, let him go two innings. And you just knew it. You knew even if Frazier got out of it, that it would be a struggle and that it would be rough and it would get all our hearts racing. And he didn't even get out of it. He needed to go to John Schreiber and he, he brought him in with the bases loaded. It's like there's no room for error. He's I I wrote on Twitter after this like I tweeted he should he can't survive this game like this has to be the last draw he's still on the team then though and they made a move they they demoted Caleb Ort right after that game as if he was the one who blew that game no he almost blew a much worse game a few days earlier but Brazier survives he's John Wick like you can't kill him. Or it makes sense, though, just because he has options left, right? So you can send him down on AAA, keep him AAA. At least he'll stay in your organization. So if injuries run rampant and you need him again, he's there, oh, right? Oh, no. Brazier, you'd if have we to have to get rid of Brazier, we got to get rid of him? Oh, right. no. Yeah. It's like, what, no, what? I, I understand it, though. 
but I, I understand why though. It's like, it's like you can understand the why of like, okay, well, if they DFA Brazier and someone picks him up, he's just straight gone. Whereas at least at Caleb Hort, they just send him down in AAA, and if they need someone, he's there. Right. But if you're gonna have the the 13th pitcher on the team, why not have a guy who's got a live arm that the organization has a skill set the organization is high on? They want to make him into something. So yes, if there's a blowout one way or another, bring in Caleb Ort and get him some major league innings and let him develop in that way against major league hitting. But no, you go back to Brazier, who is older, has less potential, and is more than likely going to get rocked just as bad or worse than Caleb Ward. I think Brazier's time's starting to run out, though, anyways. But starting he's also, he's also old. Like, what is, is he, like, 34 or something? Like, he's not going to get any better. Okay, whatever. I'm done. He's they still like living how he off, projects. He's still living off, um, you know. 2018. Yes, like talking smack to Gary Sanchez. If he didn't talk smack to <laughs> yeah. Gary Sanchez Get back in, in the that box. one at bat in 2018, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he would not be on this team anymore. <laughs> Somebody in the front office loved that. Like maybe John Henry just thought that was so badass. He's like, no, we're, we're keeping Brazier around. It's the last Which, time he cared. In retrospect, that was Gary Sanchez. Like he was such a clown joke piece of trash. <laughs> like you pick the worst guy in baseball to act tough against. Like, oh, wow. Like, the fact that I think that makes sense why he's still on the team. Someone like John Henry, who probably doesn't really even understand baseball at the level I do and the way you guys That's kind of true. do, like, just was very impressed by that. I was like, oh, let's keep him on the team, even though it was Gary Sanchez, and he was going to strike out one way or another. That's how that's how Pat fell in love with Joe Kelly, too. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, uh, Yankees, Except it was, uh, what, Clint Frazier instead of Gary Sanchez? It's it was not Stone Cold Tyler Austin. Yeah, yeah Yankees Hall or of Famer Tyler Austin. They all look the same because they have no <laughs> facial hair and no hair. They all look the same. All right, and then me. after that, you guys conveniently forget that Judge and Stanton by themselves backed your entire team up against like against the wall. Like took everybody out. Like those two guys pushed your whole team back. You saw that whole pile go from like center, like pitcher's mound, all the way off the field just by Judge and Stanton intimidating that team. Which <laughs> That's not how I Judge both saw almost broke their ankles doing that, that too. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Luke, uh, would you like to introduce uh, tonight's game? It is your invention, and we do not play enough games on this show. That is true. Um, this one is called Trust or Bust. So we're going to take some. These guys are not all rookies, I don't think, but we picked three Yankee names and three Red Sox names. They're all either rookies or young players just trying to establish themselves. And uh, we're going to talk about what we've seen from them so far, um, good or bad. And we're going to we're going to pick uh, whether we trust them, trust that they will be that they are or at least will be good MLB players or if they are a bust, regardless of how well they're doing now. If in the long run, we're going to look back at these guys and say, yes, they busted out and they never really amounted to anything. Trust or bust? Let's start with, uh, on the Yankee side, the next Derek Jeter. Anthony Volpe got me a whopping one point in fantasy today. I had to play him because lots of folks had a day off. Uh, John, do you trust him to be the next Derek Jeter or is he going to be a bust? 
Well, I mean, that's quite the loaded question, isn't it? No, he's not. That's he's what you guys have done to him, but whatever. No, nobody did that. And his batting average is still higher than Tristan Cassis. I just want to get that on the record. Look, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to be the next – Quite Derek the benchmark. It'd be, it'd be great if he were the next Derek Jeter. I trust him to be a serviceable Major League Baseball player. I think he's going to be a starter. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't know if he'll be a Hall of Famer like Derek Jeter, one of the greatest shortstops of all time, sixth all-time in hits. Uh, but I, I trust him to be a major league player and a good one at that. So you trust that he will be the Yankees shortstop for this next generation of Yankee teams? I know I that wasn't the original possibly. question. I'm just asking a different question. I think it's. Po- I think he possibly can be. He looks like he belongs. I think he's going to improve as it goes on. Uh, so I think it's a very good possibility that he can be. He has had some. Uh some pretty good games so far, you know? Uh, I don't know if I could say that about Tristan Casas. Uh, he's had some good moments, but I don't know if he's had some good games. Uh, Derek, I'll let you weigh in on this one real quick. Uh, Anthony Volpe, trust or bust? I'm trusting Anthony Volpe. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who, you look at the shortstop prospect in baseball, he's either 1A or 1B, or you have him one. It's, you know, he was clearly, if not one, one or one a he was one b right and he's a guy super hyped up but he's sh- maybe not gonna be this superstar world conquering shortstop but he should be a guy who at the very least will be a solid everyday and will be player so i'm gonna say trust mayor's better <laughs> mayor's better Luke, I'll go to you on this first Red Sox one. Uh, we talked about it the other night. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still not convinced. Jaron Duran, trust or bust? Well, he's only hitting a mere 396 this season with 10 RBIs and 48 at-bats. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but I'm, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I trust him. And the reason is, I mean, he would have a couple of – remember, he had an inside-the-park home run last year i might have been the year before actually um yeah that was two years ago uh he had a couple you know i remember his first career home run in um in dunedin florida against the blue jays uh when they weren't playing in uh canada uh and so he had a couple moments was like oh there's some talent there but he has never had a stretch like this uh and it I'm, I'm beginning to think it was his, you know, the talent was always there. Like we were hoping and that it just needed to make a couple uh, mechanical tweaks, which he did. And I mean, clearly I'm not saying he's going to be a 396 hitter uh, for his career, but the fact that he can do this over, I don't know how many games he's played 48 at bats divided by like three, it's like 10 games, 12 games, something like that. The fact that he can go on a stretch like this, tells me that he can be a, a, a very good major league baseball player, at least a starting center fielder uh, or starting outfielder uh, for the Red Sox. So I, I trust him. And he's such a good athlete having those kind of wheels. And if he can figure out defensively, being able to cover that kind of ground in the outfield, I mean, how can you not trust him? And the Bruins just lost. Oh, my God. I just like to point out Franchi Cordero can be a fantastic player over 10 days as well. I think all four of us are aware of that. (laughs) I don't think I've seen Franchi go on this kind of a run though. I saw today when he was hitting behind Rafi 
Rafi's hitting fourth. No, was it yesterday? Sometimes he weekend. was hitting fourth too. The last two days, Rafi hit fourth, and Duran hit fifth today. It was That's Saturday. Saturday, Rafi well, hits fourth. Duran hits today. fifth, and I couldn't believe my eyes. Just can you imagine Duran being Duran standing on deck and being like, "This is the luckiest two weeks of my life. I will never have this woman ever again." Where pitchers are more worried about me than they are Rafael Devers. I mean, what universe do we live in? Luke, I have to say, Bust, you said it yourself. He's never been this good before. <laughs> He's never had a 13 games like this. And uh, I said on Thursday night, I'd love to be wrong. He was great for the next three days, right? Um, listen, I'll take whatever he's contributing, but I just don't believe it right now. He's got a lot of work to do to regain that equity that that he lost when he gave up that inside the park grand slam a lot last year. Derek, real quick, trust or bust? Um, I'm gonna go with trust. I mean, come on, we did pretenders and contenders on the Red Sox show what two weeks ago, and I said I said contender. Uh, I haven't changed. If anything, I feel even more strong about it. I guess. Um. This is the thing where Duran, he's, it's not like we haven't seen a stretch out of this from him before, but it's also like we haven't seen a stretch out of him because like he's had hot stretches before in the big leagues in a couple, like a week or so, but it wasn't, he has, he's not like he's been, he hadn't, he didn't have a stretch where he was just like murdering baseballs, essentially, like just demolishing baseballs, just 105 off the bat, 110, 108, 102, 103, which is the exit velos were crazy, just balls in the gaps. He's already got what, nine doubles? which is what, like, probably, like, what, 10th in baseball already or something wild like that. Like, it, it, there has not been a Jaron Duran stretch like this. Um, and it, it you see kind of similarities between him and Jared Kalanick. I know Kalanick was a much higher, much more hyped prospect, but Kalanick in Seattle, rough first couple years in the big leagues, spent up and down between the big leagues and AAA, comes in this year, figures it out, and he's becoming the star that everyone thought he would be in Seattle. Duran's not that same kind of star player, I don't think. And Duran's also older because uh, Kalanick's still early 20s. Duran's kind of, what, 25 or 26 or something like that. Um, but Duran can kind of turn himself into this kind of everyday center fielder that we were hoping for when he first got called up. And the fact that he seemingly now has the confidence to do it and has the confidence of his teammates and he's able to just be himself and have fun and let his personality out, I think that's a big thing for him. Um, because you could see, especially last year with that team, it wasn't just Duran. You could see it like it was just like negative, like who cares? Like we're all leaving anyways, so whatever. The old guys and like the young guys, and but this year this team feels like a lot, um, a lot better clubhouse to be in, especially from a young player's perspective. And I think that's huge for Jaron Duran. From his own words, John, I'm sure you didn't hear this, but Jaron Duran after yet another great game uh, the other day said he was asked about what's changed, how he's doing so much better right now, why he thinks he's had so much success this year, as opposed to we had the last two years. And he said, well, just having guys to talk to in the clubhouse, he pointed out Kike Hernandez and Justin Turner. He said, having these guys, uh, to talk to, to pick me up when I'm, uh, when I'm feeling down, uh, to encourage me. And that he said that wasn't the case last year. So because he has Kike Hernandez as the leader of the Boston Red Sox. So Kike Hernandez wasn't on the team for him to talk to last year. 
He didn't have the cash. He couldn't go up and say, hey, JD, don't be such so a jerk to the He didn't have the rookies. cash last year, but he has the cash this year. Okay, okay. Yeah, because he's the senior man now. Him and Brazier. John, uh, we'll move on from this, and uh, we only have time for one more. So which guy do you want to do for the last Yankee trust or bus? I'll let you choose. Uh, we'll do Brito. All right, Johnny Brito. Uh, six starts so far this year, 5-5-6 five, five, ERA. Um, from what I've seen, I haven't watched every inning, but it seems like a little bit of let, bad luck to me. He's having some good at-bats, a few too many walks. Um, but, you know, could be worse. Trust or bust this far into the season? I did not realize his ERA was uh, as high as it is. But to echo Derek's point from earlier in the show, Johnny Brito has been really good against any team that isn't the Minnesota Twins. So I I do trust Johnny Brito. I don't think he's a one or two starter. Uh, if in a best case scenario, I think he might be able a good middle rota- uh, mid rotation starting pitcher. So I do trust him to get to that level. Uh, he's shown some. He's shown a pretty good presence on the mound. Um, again, he's a rookie, so there's going to be ups and downs. But all in all, I've been impressed by what he's done, and he really has so far this season been the Yankees' third best starter for for what that's worth. I would go bust on Johnny Burrito because I went to the Taco Bell drive-thru and I ordered a Johnny Burrito and the guy at the window threw some hot sauce in my face and spit in my eye. So I'm, Derek, I'm trust or bust. Johnny Burrito. <laughs> Why did I know Luke was going to go somewhere really weird with it? Um, I'm, I'm saying trust on Johnny Burrito. Like I said, he's only, you know, he's only bad starts have been against Minnesota. I know most of the starts have been a couple of starts have only been four, four and a third or whatever. Um, but like John said, he's a rookie. But also, too, like he's not a guy you're expecting to be an ace. You're a guy expecting, you know, you're most likely going to be a back end of the rotation guy, but a solid back end of the rotation guy. You're looking for a guy who can be your four or five starter depending on the team uh, and depending on the what the team is or looks like or the players on the roster and can just put in solid starts every fifth day. And I think that's a guy who he definitely can be. And like John said, I think the ceiling for him probably is a mid-rotation guy. Um, like a like a, like a a mid-three is probably his ceiling. More likely to be, at best, though, a low three or a high four at his very best, most likely. Um, but I think he can be in that four or five conversation in the Yankees rotation. I think he's the guy that definitely... And maybe even if it's not with the Yankees, maybe Yankees eventually move them off somewhere if all the starters get healthy this year. Maybe at the deadline, they're looking for lineup reinforcements because that's what they should have done this offseason. And I've said that multiple times before. Um, maybe he has success elsewhere. I don't know if the Yankees would trade him, but I'm just hypothetically, right? Um, but I think mean, he's a guy, regardless of where what team he ends up on, whether it's the Yankees or somewhere else, um, he can be a solid back in the rotation guy. So I'm saying trust. Luke, Connor Wong. Uh, I, I don't even know what my intro is here because I'm a Reese McGuire guy. So I'll let you go and I'll let you talk me out of it. How can you not trust Connor Wong? I, he's I, yeah. Reese McGuire has been since he got to Boston, he's been hitting the lights out, but I mean, he, everybody was still, I think he finally threw out a base runner uh, like the second to last game that he caught after everybody was running freely on him, especially the Orioles and Connor Wong has been phenomenal uh, controlling the running game. He's thrown out six of 11 potential base dealers, over 50%, which is unheard of. 
obviously that rate won't ha- keep up over the course of the season, but he's got people don't want to run on him. Now the words out on his arm, the words out that you're not going to be able to run on Connor Wong and defense is the most important part of playing the catcher position. And by the way, his average is up to 241. now had five hits in the last two games against Cleveland Saturday had a phenomenal game three for four with a walk as well, I think. And um, throughout a runner trying to steal, stole a base himself and set up, um, dropped down a perfect bunt to put, I think it was Emmanuel Valdez uh, at third base to set up the game winning hit by Alex Verdugo, John Connor Wong and Alex Verdugo. What do those two players have in common? They um, will stink and they're in a horrible trade. And you, never, you shouldn't even have them on your team. That's what they have in common. You should still have Mookie Betts and neither of those guys. A horrible trade. The right fielder now has a batting average 60 points higher than the guy who, who was the right fielder three years ago right now. And Connor Wong, he had a 426-foot home run today. Five hits the last two days, controlling the running game. Trust him. And I, I, I mean, he's making a case for himself being the, uh, the everyday star. I guess I think with the way McGuire's hitting, you can't have him just playing, just catching one out of every five games. He's not a good enough hitter that he can DH every day or anything. Plus you don't want to DH your backup catcher anyway, but I'm thinking it makes a lot more sense to go with a, every, uh, with a, you know, McGuire playing every three games, uh, playing three games out of every five and Wong playing two games out of every five with the way Wong has been playing. I'm going to hit you with one that's going to be controversial and people are going to hate it. Some people are going to turn this podcast off right now. Connor Wong at second base and Reese McGuire behind the dish. We get both guys in the lineup and Valdez. Listen, he just needs some more triple A cooking. Derek, you're shaking your head. No, absolutely not. First of all, get, we're not. Listen, no, I'm not saying every day. I'm not saying every day. I'd like to see it once a Connor week. Connor Wong can play second base in a pinch, but you don't want to. Yeah, your backup yeah once catcher. a week. You That's know? your backup catcher. No, not yeah. even once a week. Like once a year, maybe oh, in a pinch. That's what an in pinch means. He looks good. You have other there. guys do that. No, let's do this. <laughs> he I'm, could probably I'm, play Wong, it as well sure. as Valdez. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on. Okay, move on. Um, so Connor Wong. We're going to compare him to one of the best catchers in baseball, JT Romuto, right? Sprint speed, Romuto's 89th percentile. Connor Wong, well, guess what? He's 84th percentile. Pop time, Connor Wong, 91st percentile. JT Romuto is 100 percentile. It's like extremely close between the two of them in both sprint speed and pop time. I thought Raymond Connor Wong has. I thought you topped out at 90. 100th percentile is like number, your number one. It's a legitimately perfect pop time. He's already standing when the ball reaches home plate. <laughs> Connor Wong is a better framer than JT Romuto. Romuto is only 30th percentile in framing, and Wong is 40, 41st percentile. But here, here's the I need thing. the Adley stats, Defensive. Derek. I'm sorry. I need the Adley stats. Hey, I can't hey, listen hey, to this hey, JT hey. crap all No, no. We're talking about it. <laughs> Catch, uh, baseball Savant has a new stat. And uh-huh. it is catchers save. It, it is a caught, it's catchers caught stealing above average. It's a new defensive stat that they've brought in for catchers and throwing runners out. Connor Wong has two catchers Sa- caught stealing above average. JT Romuto is also has two. They're both tied for third in baseball. Defensively and speed wise, he's JT Romuto. He might be your bet. He might be the closest thing to a poor man's JT Romuto that there is. His OPS about 100 points lower than JT Romuto. So 
not terrible, but as a poor man, JT Romuto is a guy who, as a backup catcher, solid backup catcher, and I think he can turn himself potentially, maybe not a star, everyday starter, but a guy who could work in a platoon very well and play maybe every other day. Um, so I'm trusting Connor Wong. Catcher's He's caught stealing JT above Romuto. average, so we're going to call that Ksa. All right. <laughs> I did I didn't see that one card. I'm sorry that one caught me off guard. Um all right. Pop quiz for everybody out there. It's one question. Does anybody know what team is currently in last place in the AL East? Yes, the New York Yankees. It's the New York Yankees. Although we no, want to be technical, there's a tie. Run differential tiebreaker, baby. Nobody cares about that. Same exact record. We're moving up. Same exact record, both in last We're place. moving up. When I used to smoke Luke in trivia crack <laughs> and I'd win off a time, and he'd be like, well, we got the same answers, right? Time doesn't count. Same situation. No, time to, no, time doesn't count. Run differentials don't count. Guys, the Red Sox really should be above the Blue Jays. They have a high, they have a better expected win loss record than the Blue Jays. And you know what? So really, they're in third place. Take that because if we it's are an expected win over run differential, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. If we are in last place, if we have the same record, and you win out on run differential, we get the better draft pick. So you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. No, we make the playoffs. You don't. <laughs> no, I said if we have the same record. Based on like same record, both in last place, and you get fourth place because of run differential. Fine, you can have it. We'll get the better draft pick. Yes, we'll take the play up third wild card spot. Thank you very much. The uh, mighty Yankees, the mighty Yankees competing for draft picks. <laughs> oh, shut up. The three of you are in last place. Give it a rest party. You guys are swimming in pee and laughing at me because like I'm also swimming in pee. Give it a rest. <laughs> Um, both teams have the both same of our home. Teams are swimming in pee. They have the same home record at nine and seven, and the same away record at nine and seven. Uh, very similar teams right now. So we we got to wrap this show, y'all. So I want everybody's twenty second answer, Luke. Your twenty second answer right now. We're gonna do a surprise pendulum check in. Okay, this is not setting the pendulum. We know where that is. We do that once or twice a year. This is. Which is the better team right now? If you're looking at this team uh, at the end of April, tomorrow it's May, when these folks are listening to this in their car or at home, in May, beginning of May, which team is the better team right now? Derek, I'll let you go first. Um, as of right now, Aaron Judge is injured. So with that, I'm giving the tiebreaker to the Red Sox um, because Aaron Judge is technically injured. So I'm going with him. However, here's the interesting thing here. The Red Sox and Yankees, and this is, John, this might lift you up a little bit, right? Um, so both teams here have had a horrid schedule to start the season. Uh, Red Sox have, are 10 and 13 against teams who are over 500, and they just won two out of three against Cleveland. So over 500, plus Cleveland, who won a division last year, they're 12 and 14. The Yankees are 11 and 12 against teams that are over 500. You look at the rest of the division, Toronto 7 and 5, Baltimore 6 and 6, the Rays 6 and 4. You stay around 500 against the good teams, and then you beat up on the bad teams that you're supposed to beat, which is what the race have been doing. You're going to be in a good spot. Right. And I think if you're looking at it from Red Sox and Yankees, they've been around 500, they're around 500 against the good teams. Now you just got to go out. And when you play the bad teams, beat the bad teams. Uh, I know the Red Sox still have a long stretch of playing a lot of good teams, but let's think beat the bad teams and you should be in a good spot. And then also too, 
you look at it, the, the Blue Jays expected win losses 15 and 13. They are currently te- eight, 18 and 10. So they're out, they're outperforming. They're expected win loss. And the ba- Baltimore's expected win loss is 16 and 12. They're 19 and 9. So they're overperforming as well. Uh, the Rays aren't are actually performing right at their expected win loss, but also too, like like I said, they've only played 10 games against teams over 500. So if you want a little bit of the optimistic side, the Red Sox and both played a lot of tough teams. I'm giving the Red Sox the tiebreaker because Judge is technically injured. This might kind of get out of the question. Um, but there's still both teams can beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. They could be in very good spots. Luke. So is this my 20? Do I get that 20 seconds? No, you got get a 20, 20 yeah, Well, you're a Luke 20 seconds is two minutes. So <laughs> that is true. Uh, the Yankees have better pitching all around. The Red Sox have a more, a far more well-rounded offensive attack. Um, the Red Sox pitching, I think, has a far better chance of improving uh, than the Yankees offense has at improving. Because even if Judge and Stanton come back, it's three outcome nonsense. Uh, so the Red Sox are the better team. It's only a 15 and 14 record, but the Red Sox have only played one poor team, the Tigers, and they've lost two series all year. One to the AL's best team, the Rays, and one to the NL's best team, the Pirates. And if both teams are in fact swimming in, in P, then the the Yankees getting the award for the, the best draft pick, we'll call that the Golden Shower Award. So congratulations to the New York Yankees on their Golden Shower Award. It's one step, one step above from uh, winning the uh, toilet bowl in fantasy football. Which team is better right now? <laughs> the Yankees are the better team. The Red Sox are playing the best ball they're going to play all season. Well, maybe not their lineup, but their pitching is doing probably about as best as it's going to be all season. The Yank- I said that earlier, but let's be honest. The Yankees are going to finish with a better record than the Red Sox. The Yankees are going to be the better team than the Red Sox. And I completely disagree with Luke because you can fix a lineup on the fly in the season. You can bring – it's easier to bring in a bat or two to fix that lineup than it is going to be to fix your pitching staff, which is going to start running into arm fatigue with guys like Chris Sale, who's not – yeah, he pitched well today, and he's had a couple of okay starts but he's not pitching 180 games for you. He's not pitching 180 innings for you. He's not pitching 30 games for you. I think the Yankees still have the better pitching staff, which in the long run is going to lead to more success. If it was that easy to fix the lineup on the fly, why wouldn't they do it when they have the whole offseason? Because Cash was a freaking idiot, and I should be running the team, not him. (laughs) Well, so I guess they're not going to fix it this year then because he's still an idiot, and he's still running the team. (laughs) I... I can't say anything yet, but phone calls have been made. Bobby Dahlbeck is available. I'll say it again. So is Ryan uh, Brazier as well, if you want a bullpen guy. Oh, God. Um, I can't think about him. Here's what I'm going to say. In his last seven games, Masataka Yoshida is hitting 423 and has an 846 slugging. Beast. The Red Sox are the better team right now. Beast. Uh, I have my baseball quiz coming out tomorrow. Derek and I are working on an NBA piece. It's going to come out later in this week where we predict who's going to win the championship. Um, although I don't know if I trust Derek because he probably would have chosen the Bruins um, to win the Stanley Cup. So oh. who knows? Uh, no, actually, I, I would be too scared to do that. In jinx <laughs> too jinxy, huh? Um, anybody else have anything they want to add? No, I mean my yes. my my column on Tuesday might be the golden shower column. Now that Eric. I'm now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> your one quick thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah, just keep in mind, Red Sox Yankees fans, stay positive because, like I said, 
each team has played 23 games against teams over 500. There's still time for them to play the bad teams like the Rays, Orioles, and Blue Jays have played for most of their games. So, you know, like where the are the Pirates, optimistic? You know, a bad team like the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, where are the A's? Where are the White Sox? Where are the Yeah, Reds? where are the A's? Yeah, come on. The Pirates have played nine games over teams over 500. Only nine. The Red Sox Yankees have played 23. So, there's that. All right, folks. Uh, you can find us in all the places that you find us on YouTube, on BleacherBrawls.com, where we're plugging all these columns. Uh, on TikTok, our main social media hub is at Bleacher Brawl. On Twitter, all of our Twitter handles are in the description down below. You can find us and um, let me know what a terrible idea my Connor Wong at second base, Reese McGuire behind the dish take is. Um, I think that's all we got. We have the Yankee show coming out Wednesday morning, the Red Sox show Friday morning, and we'll see you guys for this rivalry show again next week. Signing off for everybody, for John, for Luke, and Derek. My name, according to the Zoom, is also Derek. But really, I'm Pat. Thank you guys for being here, and uh, we'll see you next time. Beast.